0: Tonight we're going to be in Hebrews chapter number 11. Let's stand as we read our text verse. Hebrews chapter number 11. We're going to begin reading in verse number 30. We just finished up with Moses and now in verse number 30 we read, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the book that... We call Hebrews, thank you for giving us these men and these women to look to and not only to look to their own abilities and their own attributes of their lives, but we know now that it was their likeness to you, it was their likeness to Christ, it was their walk with God that set them apart. God, I pray that we look into our own lives and we'll look in the mirror that is your word, God, and identify the things in us that we need to change in order to be more like you. God, I pray and I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you be seen, you can go ahead and be turning back to Joshua, chapter number one. The Bible says in Hebrews 1130, by faith the walls of Jericho fell. And I want to ask you this question. Who was leading the people of Israel as those walls of Jericho fell down? Joshua. That would be who that verse was in reference to. It was the faith of Joshua. It was the faith of the leadership of Israel at that time that caused them to compass about the city and blow those trumpets and see God do that wonderful work. So tonight we're going to be looking at Joshua, Joshua, and in Joshua chapter number one, it begins uh, with a very sobering reminder that Moses had got them up until this point. Moses had got them out of the land of Egypt. Obviously, last week we talked about the persistence of Moses and how it was his persistence that enabled God to use him and that even though his own abilities weren't necessarily sharp in his speech or his own abilities of his age were dwindling in his own abilities, God was able to use his willingness to just simply follow him and serve him and God was able to use that to speak to the children of Israel, to lead the children of Israel and to get them out of Egypt. We know Moses stayed with them throughout the wandering in the wilderness. We know Moses uh, got frustrated with them several times, but he remained persistent to his people. And now as they got to the edges of the promised land, they got to the edges of the land that the destination that they had reached, it would not be Moses, but it would be Joshua that got the opportunity to lead them into the promised land. And we're going to read about that, Joshua chapter number one. Let's start reading in verse number one. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Read that first part of verse number two again with me. Moses, my servant, is dead. One more time. Moses, my servant, is is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, given to the children of Israel. Imagine again, I always like to do this when you're looking at scripture, when you're looking at God's holy writ, put yourselves in the shoes of the person God is talking to. It can be very hard for us to understand putting ourselves in God's shoes because we're not God. We don't think like God. We don't have plans like God. His ways are higher than our ways, but we can always put ourselves in the shoes of the person God is talking to because Joshua would have been no different a person than you or me. He didn't have any extracurricular ability. He didn't have any extracurricular um, qualifications. He would have been a simple individual like you and like me. You calling me simple? We are. We are imperfect people. We are normal people. We are just people trying to make it, and that's exactly how Joshua was. That's exactly who Joshua was, and you could imagine as God appears to him, and as God begins speaking with him, he leads off with the words, Moses... My servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go. Joshua, Moses, the man you've looked up to for so long. Moses, the man who has got you this far. Moses, the man I sent to save you from Egypt. Joshua, Moses, the man that you've respected. Moses, the man that you have followed up until this point. Moses, the man that you you grew up wanting to be like maybe, or you watched your dad follow Moses, or you watched your uncles get together around Moses. This man that you have such great respect for, he's gone. Now it's your turn, Joshua. Imagine the fear that would have overcome Joshua. Imagine the, the anxiety of, wait a second, you want me to fill the shoes of this great man, Moses. You want me to fill the shoes of this man that you've used. And God does not just leave, uh, leave him with this sobering reminder. He follows it up with a promise. Let's look again at verse number three. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses from the wilderness to, And this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast." there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of the life. Look at this promise. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. So in Joshua's angst and, and Joshua's anxiety and Joshua's stress and his worry about this commission God was giving him, God does not even give him the opportunity to make excuse. If you remember, when God called Moses, it was a back and forth uh talk that they had. He said, Moses, this is what I want you to do. And Moses said, but God, I don't want to do it. And he said, Moses, this is what you're going to do. And he said, but God, I don't have this ability. And he said, Moses, look what's in your hand. And then they had that discourse, that conversation here. This was not the case. When he called Joshua, he said, Moses is dead this is what you're going to do and I'm going to immediately, before you have tam- time to backsass me, before you have time to make excuses, before you have time to argue with God, this is a promise I'm going to give you. As I was with Moses, so will I be with with thee, He said, Joshua, you've seen all the great things that I've allowed, to mo- allowed Moses to do. You've seen all the great things. And all the times I delivered Moses out of the hands of the Egyptians, and all the times I delivered the people of Israel from those fiery serpents, you saw all the times that Moses was able to help, and I was able to be with Moses, and you were able to see the water, and you were able to see all the miracles, and the manna from heaven, and you were given protection here, and you were given protection there. As I was with him, so... I will be with thee. Do you know you and I have that promise? Do you know that since Jesus Christ ascended to heaven, the church has not taken one step backwards? The church has never lost a battle. The church has never faltered. The church has never failed. As he was with Peter, James, and John, so will he be with us. As he was with Paul and Barnabas, so will he be with us. As he was with Paul and Silas, like we preached Sunday night, in that prison cell, singing and praising unto God, and the Holy Ghost moved in. As he was with them, so will he be with us. So I would submit, first of all, we have the same promise Joshua had. What are you going to pull at? What's his attribute? What's his characteristic? Some of you got pens ready to write it down. God tells us in verse number five. There shall not be any, or verse number six, be strong and of good courage. Joshua, the hero of courage. Be strong and of good courage for unto this people, Shalt thou divide for inheritance of the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them? Joshua, be strong and of a good courage. Courage, 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 courage. Throughout all of human history, courage is something that's been sought after by generation after generation after generation. If there's one thing that can raise above head and shoulders a man above the rest, something that can set someone apart at any point in time. It is their ability to be courageous. It's their ability to be bold. It's their ability to, while everyone else is in fear, everyone else is scared, everyone else is backing up, everybody else is running away, it is courage that will set people apart in the eyes of man and in the eyes of God. And here we would find Joshua being told by God, be strong and of good courage. As I was with Moses, so I will ever be with you. He gave him the same promise he gives us that so I was with the church in the days of Acts, so I will be with you. The comforter has come unto you. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. There is a promise inside of you that cannot be defeated, that cannot be halted. So be strong and of good courage. And we have that same promise like Joshua has, but a lot of times we think courage is something that we either have or we don't. And we have that big misconception on courage that then you think that there are some people that are just naturally, they're born brave. And there's people over here and they're just naturally born, I'll be nice, not brave. All right? You got people that are naturally, they ain't scared of nothing. And you got people that are naturally, they're scared of everything. And we think that we either fit into one of those two categories or maybe we have some characteristics of both. You know, me, you know I like to think I'm not scared of nothing, but you show me a snake, Or you show me something real way up high, like climbing up on these big ladders around here. I am one of the biggest scaredy cats you'll ever see. I'll never forget it as long as I live. It was a trying time in my marriage. Y'all see them ceiling tiles up there in the corner? See how high that is? All right. I was up there touching that sprinkler head up there on top of a ladder. All right. Something this size, okay, was on the tippy, tippy top of a ladder. Okay? And my wife comes in and she sees me and she knows I'm scared to death at heights. Brides, I said, don't say another word. (laughs) She said, I just want to talk. Nope. I was scared to death. I was scared to death. I thought that that ladder was going to come crashing down. The roof was going to come crashing down. There'd be a big old hole in the floor. And for the rest of Anchor of Hope Baptist Church's time here on earth, to the rapture come back, and they say, yep, right there's the spot where Bryce hit the floor. And see that dent? Yep, that was him. Bless his heart. He's gone. And that was all the things that were cycling through my head. And right here before service, uh, the young men were bantering back and forth, and they were making their little comments. And Miss BJ said, well, what y'all got to say about Bryce? And they... They didn't have nothing to say. It was just immediate silence. They looked at me and just, we're not saying nothing, preacher. We're not saying nothing, brother. Brother Bryce, don't worry. But we didn't say nothing. You see, they might look at me and say, he ain't scared of nothing. He ain't scared. But my wife who knows me and knows my fears and, and I confide in and I and I trust, she saw me up there on top of that ladder and knew immediately I was scared to death. And we think that we've got to be a scaredy cat all the time or we were born that, that person's brave because they were born that way. Joshua would soon learn that that courage that God was talking about was not something that he was born with. It was not something that he could just flip a switch and all of a sudden be brave. Joshua would soon learn that courage would be something that he would have to learn step by step, and I want to submit tonight that he pulled it and he derived it and he earned it from three different areas. Number one, we read about right there in verse 6, be of strong and good courage for unto this... What? People, 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 people shalt thou divide for an inheritance of the land which I swear unto the fathers to give them. First of all, Joshua, be strong and of good courage because these here people are dependent on you. People ought to be one of the main driving factors a Christian derives their courage from. Why? Because there are people at your jobs, there are people that you come into contact on a daily basis that you might be the only chance they hear the gospel. You might be the only chance they ever hear what the word is. As all these prayer requests were coming, I think it every Wednesday, but I never say it. I wonder when we're running into these situations, when we're talking to these people, when they're conversing with us, I wonder where we're pointing them to for help. I wonder if If we're pointing them to the word of God, I wonder if if we're pointing them to the gospel. I wonder if we're pointing them to our relationship with Jesus or if we're simply pointing them to another article, another Facebook post or another media outlet or another this argument or that argument. People ought to be the number one reason Christians are brave today. Because people matter to God. The lives of the people around you matter to God. The souls of the people around you matter to God. And if there was ever a time for Christians to be brave, it ought to be now when we have people that depend on us and they don't even know that they depend on us. Israel here had the privilege to know, hey, that man Joshua, God says he's in charge now. I wonder how he's going to do. Imagine the eyes of those people falling on Joshua. Imagine, huh. That's not how Moses did it. Huh. Joshua, oh, 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 you want us to go to bed at 8 o'clock now? Joshua, well, Moses let us stay up till 8.30. All right? It's trivial, but any time there's a change in leadership, people will always try. People will always push. And it would have taken courage to stand up to those people. It would have taken courage to love those people. It would have taken courage to care for those people. It would have taken courage to listen to those people because Just because you're in charge doesn't mean you have to stop learning. Just because you're in a position of leadership and you think you're brave and all these people are dependent on you and you think you got to have all the answers doesn't mean that there's not some good ideas. And there's not other people that are praying and there's not other people that are having conversations with God. And there's not other people that God's laying burdens on their heart. There's not other people. People would be where Joshua would draw the majority of his courage from, especially in the early days, as they walk up to that river and they look to the other side and they see that big old city Jericho, and you could imagine that all them heads do, 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 look down, and Joshua is probably at the end and went, "Oh, they're looking at me, Joshua. How, how, how are we? How, 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 how are we taking that city? Do you see them walls, Joshua? You're in charge. What are we doing? Those people." would have been a driving force. He had people depending on him. Secondly, he had people deciding on him. He had to fill the shoes of this great man, Moses. He had to walk into this new position of leadership, and I'm sure everybody was happy about it. I'm sure nobody was jealous that God didn't pick their son. He was the son of none. What about the son of some? You know, what about the son of Frank or the son of Joe or the son of... Her- what about the other sons? Why, why didn't God pick them to be the leader? You know, why? Why did God pick? Joe? I'm sure there was nothing like that going on. Baloney, right? We know that there in the people of Israel that there may have been some division. That as he walked to fill those shoes of Moses, there would have been people that were deciding on him. Is this really the God? God are you sure? Because the people of Israel, they never questioned God, did they? Oh, wait a second. We know they did. All right. So as Joshua was taking this role of leadership, as Moses, as as God said to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. Arise, go, take charge, lead him to the promised land. I'm sure everybody was on board. No, he had people deciding on him. He had people examining his every move. He had people looking at him, wondering, is this the guy? Is he the real deal? Or is he just, you know, daddy's son? Is he just nun's son? Is he just going to do what his dad? I know his daddy. If he's anything like his daddy, we don't want him. No. Joshua had to say so close to God that when they saw him, that's all they saw. Joshua had to say so courageous that he was willing to be the instrument of God during that time. Because if he came out there and said, this is what my daddy said, or if he came out there and said, this is what this group that's counseling me said, or if he came out here and said, this is what this group of this tribe says, and this is what this tribe says, it would have gone nowhere. He had to say, thus saith the Lord to those people. Because he had people deciding on him. He had to make sure he was always 100%. If he was going to be courageous, he had to be on God's side. He had to be on that same page with him because he had people deciding on him. And of course, he probably had people discouraging him. He had people, you know, none son Joshua got to be it. So some son over that he's upset. So you'll always have those discouragers. Christian, you will always have those discouragers. No matter how many people you witness to at work, you always have that one that's just going to run that mouth. You're always going to have that one that's going to try to drown you out. You're always going to have that one that's just going to have an antagonist argument to every protagonist argument you have. Every time you say Jesus, they'll say this. Every time you talk about Christ, they'll say this. Every time you talk about the gospel, they'll say this. You will always have discouragers amongst those people. You know what though? God loves that one too. God can change that one too. God can do a work in that one's life too. And Joshua in courage and in boldness would have never been allowed to let his emotions get the best of him and ruin that man following Joshua because Joshua was taking him to the promised land. If he crossed bones with that man or that family or that, it could mean that they stayed out in the wilderness. It could mean that they ended up with those (coughs) other tribes or those other peoples that they were driving out. He could not take that chance. God had given him this responsibility and he said, be strong and of courageous. That meant giving the good news, that meant giving the bad news, that meant even though people were following him, that there were some going to be discouraging him and he had to be courageous for them too. He had to be willing to take the high road. He drew courage from the people of God. Now look down in verse number seven. This preaches itself. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the what? He drew courage, not just from the people of God, but from the word of God. He said, if you're going to draw courage, Joshua, you got people dependent on you. But Joshua, I'm not only going to give you a promise. Moses has been writing a little something as he's been on his journey, as he's been. I've been giving him words, Joshua. I've been giving him instruction, Joshua. I've been given. Read what I've given the men that have come this far before you. can He spell it out any more clearly for us? When we are drawing of courage, when we are worried, I don't know what I'm going to say to this person. I want to go witness to this person. I want to go be a blessing to this person. I want to go stand for truth. I want to go stand for God. I want to go tell this organization, or I want to go tell this committee, or I want to go tell these people that, that they're wrong, but God loves them, and I, I don't know how to do it in love. I don't know how to speak the truth in love. And do you know your Bible? Because if you know your Bible, if you can look back to the Word like God was telling Joshua to do, if you are well versed in the Word of God, you'll have courage in the Word of God. You'll be bold enough to stand up with it. You'll be bold enough to shout it from the rooftops. You'll be bold enough to let the word of God speak for itself, rather than having to muddy it with your opinions and your words and your thoughts and your this that the best thing for God is for you to get out of his way and let his word do it. Let his word speak to those people. If there's a place, if there's a place, if there's a place without excuse that we can draw courage from, it's the word of God. We live in a country where any one of us can go to the dollar store and buy a full King James 11 Bible. King James Version sixteen eleven Bible. We can buy a full at the dollar store for a dollar. We, we still, as dark as our country may be, those lights are still out there. The problem is, is they're just being left on the shelf. The truth, the answer, the right way, the way pointing back to our creator, the way pointing back to our savior, the loving way, the caring way, the gracious way, the one day will be the judgment way is in our hands. But we're scared. We're scared of this punishment or this wrath that could come upon us. Let me tell you something. If you're out there and you're just speaking the Word of God, the only person they can get mad at is God. Well, yeah, but they might shoot the messenger to live as Christ and to die as gain, right? Do we believe that? Do we believe what the Bible says? Because if we believe what the Bible says, the best thing you and I can do is not go out and say, I'm on so-and-so side, or I'm voting for this, or I'm voting for that, and I'm on so-and-so side. The best thing you and I can do is say, I am a Christian. I love the Lord Jesus Christ because He saved my soul. He loves you too. And if you before you make a decision about this and you decide whether you're on this side or you're on that side, ask yourself, are you on the Lord's side? That ought to make you more courageous than anybody else in the room. That ought to make you more bold than anybody else in your community. That ought to make you the bravest one in the break room, the bravest one in the conference room, the bravest one in the coffee room, the bravest one in the coffee room, wherever you're at. That ought to make you the most bold, courageous individual if you are backed and founded on the Word of God. You wouldn't be scared of nothing. You wouldn't be scared of nothing. Now, no, I won't go... I get scared sometimes so I was going to tell another story but it's not important. The Word of God is where He would draw His courage. God told Him, look at the Law of Moses which He's written. Look at the words I've already given Him. If you you need to meditate on something, if you need that quiet time, if you need that study time, read your Bible, Joshua. Read your Bible, Joshua. Now we know He wasn't even as blessed to us to be able to have the complete Bible yet. God had not given it all yet. But I've read testimony after testimony after testimony of prisoners of war, Jews during the Holocaust, men and women all over this world that made it through 10 times worse circumstances than you and I will ever face on one verse, on one word, on one remembrance of Scripture. Got them through terrible, awful things. How much more could the whole thing do if we just simply apply it? I've been blessed There's been a gentleman in this church. I won't name him because he's not doing it for extra credit. He's been sending out email devotions. Every morning without fail, I get an email on my phone to me and to several other men and it's a complete devotion. There's a verse of Scripture and there may be 10 words underneath it that encourage me. There might be 10,000 words underneath it that'll encourage me. It changes every day, but there's a devotion sent out and it's encouraging not because this man is anything different from me or anything different from any other man, but because this man is sharing the truth of the Word of God. It gives me courage. It gives me boldness. Not because of the name of his Gmail account. Not because of I know how great He is, and that's not why He's doing it. He's reminding us that we serve an awesome and a powerful God, and His Word is all we need. Joshua, got to be courageous. Stay in your Bible. It's right there in your Bibles. Firstly, He drew courage from the people of God. Secondly, He drew courage from the Word of God. Lastly, He drew courage from the Lord our God. Verse number 9. Have I not commanded thee... Be strong and of a good courage. He says it again. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. You know, I think that's the words that we forget the most. That he's with us, whithersoever we goest. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Do we need any other? Have I not said enough why we can't be courageous? Why we can't stare into the face of a dark and dying world and be brave and be courageous when we know the Lord our God is standing right next to us. He has our back. Whether they respond in faith and repentance Or whether they respond with guile, hatred, and animosity towards the messenger. Whether they try to cancel you. Whether they try to erase your name from the news pages. Whether they try to make a mockery of you. Whatever they try to, whatever fiery darts the devil tries to throw back, Jesus is right there with us. You know what he was telling Joshua? All you need is me. Because, Joshua, guess what? You are going to fail. You're going to mess up from time to time. You're going to make wrong decisions. You're going to be a man, Joshua. God, Joshua, I know you're a man. Joshua, I know you're going to make fleshly decisions. You're going to make fleshly mistakes. And the Bible's very clear. and, And we know a lot about Joshua's life, but we don't know everything. But God did. God knew everything Joshua was going to do as a leader. God knew everything Joshua had already done as a follower. God knew every in and out of Joshua. And the thing he wanted to stress to him at the end of this conversation was, I am with thee. You know why a lot of us don't have courage? Because we failed once. That's the number one courage killer. Uh, I, I tried that, but I failed. You know what God says at that? Yeah, I knew. I knew you were gonna do that. Why are you still sitting there? Yeah, I I knew you were gonna mess up. You're human. I knew you were gonna mess up. I knew you were gonna fail, Joshua. I knew you were gonna wanna quit. I knew you were gonna want to bow out. I knew you were gonna get frustrated with these people. I knew you weren't always gonna understand my plan. I knew you weren't always gonna understand my words. But Joshua, if you were gonna be courageous, the only thing you needed to understand is that even in your deepest, darkest failures, even is at your lowest of your lows, I will be there. Courage courage. Don't be afraid to fail. It is out of the greatest failures in our eyes that come the greatest victories in God's eyes. God loves us broken. God loves us on our face. He doesn't desire for us to get hurt. He doesn't desire for us to fail. It's not his perfect plan to just constantly trip us and try us and make us fall just so he can get glory. But no, when we falter and we fail, God will still receive maximum glory from it regardless of where we stand in the matter. We've just got to be willing to be courageous and understand that, hey, there's people depending on me. There's lost people all around me that are deciding on me. They're looking at me like they're looking at Joshua and going, is that the real deal? Or is that just so-and-so's son? Is that just just another religious person? We ought to draw courage because there's lost people looking at us. Church, church, we ought to draw courage because the next generation of the church is looking at us going, well, you know, this crazy circumstance that's befalling the church. What what are they gonna do? Are they gonna fuss? They're gonna fight? They're gonna argue? Are they gonna be like just everything else? Or are they gonna come together? They're gonna put their differences aside. Are they gonna show courage? They're gonna show boldness. There's eyes looking at us, church. There's people dependent on us, church. There is courage that is permeating out of this community because they're saying, hey, if that church can do it, hey, if those people can do it, if they can stay faithful to God, if they can stay faithful to their church during this pandemic, during this crazy year that has been 2020, with all that's going on, if there's a Christian that's still getting up on Sunday morning, they're still putting on their Sunday best, they're still getting in that car, if they got enough courage to go do it, why can't I? I questioned, my, I questioned myself the other night when Addie said, Daddy, I want to sing with you in church. I was the opposite. You know how many people begged me to sing in church? I'm scared. I'll never do it. I'll never sing in church. I'll never do it. What if they don't like it? What if they don't, what if they laugh at me? What if they, you never know what God can do with it. Bro. Just try it. Just sing. I'll never forget, Josh Berkey begged me, had me by the arm. Sing. Sing you can sing. Just just try it. And I know very good and well, in those days I could not sing. But he just knew and he stayed persistent. What he wasn't trying to get me to do was get in my abilities. He could care less if I could sing or not. What he was trying to get me to do was be brave. What he was trying to get me to do is realize that God was in control. What he was trying to do is realize, get me to realize that God was going to be with me whatever I did, whether I sang like a squawking chicken or whether I sang with the voice of an angel. It didn't matter. What he was trying to get me to do was trust God and be of good courage. That's exactly what God was doing here with Joshua. He was saying, these people depend on you. I've given you a word. I've given you a promise. I've given you a book to carry you through. And Joshua, I will be with you. That's all we need. That's all we need. Do you have founded biblical courage in 2020. Do you have it? If you don't, I challenge you to just dive into those three things. The people around you, the Word, and your relationship personally with Him. Let's pray. Father, thank You. Thank You for Joshua. Thank You for the courage You gave him. God, we know that those abilities didn't come from him. They came from You. We know the blessings in Joshua's life weren't anything Super scriptural or super spiritual, but they were something that you gave him and you allowed him to take part in. God, I pray that you help us to see each and every person sitting in these pews, each and every person sitting amongst this church, each and every Christian on this planet. You have a plan for. You want to use. You want to allow them to do great, mighty things to bring you maximum glory, to bring all the glory and honor the name of Jesus. But God, sometimes we let Satan trick us into thinking that we've got too much to be afraid of. We've got too big a failure to run from. God, I pray that you give your people, you give your children, your sons and daughters, courage in these days. In these dark days we face, give us courage. God, I pray that your will be done with this service. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. I'll see you Sunday morning. Be another great message in the book of Acts. I'm excited to see what God's going to do. See you all Sunday morning at 1030.